Hello and welcome back to the TTP, the Tani Talks Parsha. This year we'll be talk a Parsha of the week. We talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Of course, we're in Sefer Shamos now. We are in Parshas Yisro. Yisro, of course, being the Parsha where we hear about the, the father-in-law of Moshe. He comes to join the Jewish people. According to one explanation, he goes back to his people, converts his family, comes back, and some say he goes back home. But in any way, in any case, he comes, he gives the invaluable advice to Moshe to set up the judicial system. Some people fault Moshe for doing it because really he should have been involved in every interaction and other people say, you know, it wasn't possible. Otherwise, he had to break it down by tens, by thousands in order to have a functional day. But in general, Yusra gave that advice and also Yusra being the fundamental parsha of the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments, the fundamental, crucial elements of Judaism of where we live our life. Of course, everyone knows the Ten Commandments, but it's always good to remember and to remind ourselves what they actually are. We want to think about how we could command our life, but first think about what we are commanded in the Ten Commandments, and we learn out the other 613 commandments in general. Besides the Sarasadirus, Hashem told the first to himself, and the people couldn't take it. They had to be revived, literally revived from death, and Moshe would speak it after Hashem telling him, you know, Moshe Yidaber Hashem Hashem made his voice loud enough, strong enough, booming enough to be heard. Of course, the first one understanding, recognizing, realizing that Hashem is Hashem. He took us out of Egypt. He created the world. He is the only Hashem. You can have no other gods except for Hashem. Number two, can't make yourself anything. No idol worship. Don't bow down to anything. Hashem is the only Hashem, the only ruler. Don't take his name in vain, God forbid. Number three, Hashem will not be happy. You cannot take his name in vain. Number four, why don't we move over to Shabbos? Right after the three aspects of talking about a God, our God, not taking his name in vain, not doing idol worship, God forbid. Then we move over to Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos teaches us, reminds us of the fundamental aspect that Hashem created the world in six days, whatever those days mean. The seventh day is the is the resting day that we recognize, that we bear witness. We are the aid that Hashem took the six days and then rested on the seventh day. Shabbos is the testimony of the six days that we're working and the seventh day we're resting. Don't work nobody in your household, nobody of the Jewish people, nobody should be working. you got to rest and have real menucha tanefesh, menucha taguf. Number five, we move over to honoring your father and mother. It's interesting you have five aseris on one side and five on the other side. The other side is interpersonal. But why is the one about father and mother on the side about God? The three aspects of God, not doing idol worship, understanding, believing, and and having a munabitachan and the one Hashem and not taking his name, God forbid, then moving over to Shabbos and then the uh, father and mother. So people say because there are three aspects of your creation. You really have three partners. There are really three people involved in the creation of a person. Of course, Hashem does all the creation, but He fundamentally allows the conduit of the father and the mother, each contributing the DNA, and Hashem becomes a third partner. So really, it is on the Hashem side. Then, of course, you move over. Besides for honoring your father and mother, we go to number six, don't murder. Number seven, have the proper marital relationship. Be true to your wife and only your wife, and to the husband and only the husband. Not stealing is number eight. Not bearing false witness against your neighbor, number nine. And, of course, not being jealous is number ten about the house about anything related to the house or the car even though in the olden days we wrote the ox and donkey nowadays it would be the house it would be the car it would be the technology or the job or the salary and those are the ten commandments in a nutshell 
Obviously, most Jewish people know it, but it's always good to review it. It's always good for ourselves to have the chazara, to have the repetition, and to keep it in mind. So those are the commandments of our life. Those are the things we're supposed to remember. So kidnapping, of course, is in there also. Some say it's stealing. Some say it could be murder, especially if it ends, God forbid, in such a terrible, horrific thing. All of these crimes are horrific. We should only know from good things. But remembering these things that... Uh, are fundamental crucial aspects and elements to our life. When we think about the Ten Commandments, that is a guide for us to think about how we should command our own life. What kind of commandments shall we put in our life? What kind of system should we set up in our life? Yisra sets up the judicial system for Moshe to be able to breathe, to be able to be involved in the most important interactions and dinim and judgments and cases, court cases. How should we set up our life? And of course, the Ten Commandments are right here in this Parsha as well. Yisrael comes here. He gave this advice that he deserved to have a Parsha added in his name. Yeter means to add. Yisrael is extra. Of course, that's one of his different names. One of them was Chavav because he was beloved to the Torah and commandments. He tried out many different religions and ways of life. But of course, he found Judaism to be true. He was a priest, a minister, one of the greatest people in Midian. One of the high priests of Midian. But he eventually saw the truth. He heard about the Kriyas Yamsuf, he heard about Amalek, and he came, as the commentators point out, and he came to join the Jewish people, and he had major, major kavod. You know, Moshe and Aaron and the elders and the whole Jewish people basically came to greet Yisra and to sit with him and to eat and break bread with Moshe's father-in-law. So our question becomes for ourselves, what kind of a life can we command for ourselves? What kind of commandments can we do in our life? And even if a person is not Jewish, there are still seven wonderful ways to go about the world. And that is the seven laws of Noah, the seven Noah Hadlais, the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noah. These are the set of imperatives which, according to the Talmud, were given by God as a binding set of universal moral laws for the sons of Noah. We look at the Ten Commandments and we give the summation from Chabad.org. Of course, it's in every Chumash. It's in the Parsha in general in Yisrael. And when we look at the seven Noachad laws, even Wikipedia has it. According to Jewish law, these were given as universal moral laws for the sons of Noach for all of humanity. According to Jewish law, non-Jews, Gentiles are not obligated to convert to Judaism, but they are required to observe the seven laws of Noach to be assured of a place in the world to come. Olam Haba. The final reward of the righteous. The non-Jews that choose to follow the seven laws of Noah are regarded as the righteous Gentiles, the Chassidei Umota Olam. These are the the Gerit Tzedek, the righteous Gentiles. The seven laws of Noah include, include prohibitions against idol worship, cursing God, God forbid, murder, having improper immoral relationships, not being true to the marital relationship, theft, eating flesh torn from a live animal, and to establish courts of justice. The actual laws themselves, as explained by the Babylonian Talmud, in the Talmud Bavli, in Sanhedrin 56a to B, and the Tosefta of Odazar, are not to worship idols. Number one, not to curse God. Number two, not to commit murder. Number three, not to have immorality and to be true to the marital relationship. Number four, number five, not to steal. Number six, not to eat flesh torn from a live animal. Number seven, establishing courts of justice. Pirkei Elvis tells us if you don't have judgment, if you don't have courts, you don't have a system of government of power in order, in a proper, fundamental, moral way, a person will eat his friend alive. His friend or his person, anyone around him, a person will eat each other alive. They will not have a proper existence. There has to be court law and order. There has to be police presence in a proper way, in a fundamental right way. According to the Talmud, the seven laws were given first to Adam and then to Noah. 
But different sages disagree on the exact ones that were given originally to Adam, but six were derived from passages in Beratius, the seventh coming from the courts of justice. And according to the Tosefta, the earliest version, again, is about the Dinim and against Avodah Zarah, idolatry, against cursing God, God forbid, against immorality, against bloodshed, against robbery, and against the limb from live animal. And of course, the one we also think about is the establishing of the court system. So the Torah teaches us the Ten Fundamental Commandments and in our commandments, of course, is also the proper morals, not cursing God, believing in God, not taking his name in vain, God forbid, doing the Shabbos, honoring your parents, not having jealousy, which is a very difficult thing. And it's very interesting that we're commanded not to be jealous. You know, how could you tell someone not to have an emotion? But if Hashem tells you to do something, you better believe it's possible on some level. Not stealing, not kidnapping, not murdering, not bearing false witness, and all these things. Those are for the Jewish people, plus in general we have the 613 commandments, of course, and then there's these seven for non-Jews. So even the non-Jews are given a way to command their life, to command your life. And these are really seven categories, and within the categories, there's a lot, a lot of stuff involved in that also. But those are the major categories, and a person who could do this can be a Noahide, and can be a really righteous Gentile going on these seven categories, these seven rules. So we think about the Ten Commandments for ourselves. We think about the seven commandments for the non-Jews, and we think about for our life, how can we really command our life? How can we be sure to have our life set up in a proper way, in a proper aspect, to be able to have a good life that's commanded in the right way. Of course, the Torah itself is the best way to do it. But I think about different quotes, different sayings, different aspects of our life that we can live by that can help us. And a guide for me, obviously, besides for the Torah itself and Tanakh itself and the Talmud itself, is Pirkei Avos itself. That's why I dedicate one of my shows to Pirkei Avos itself. It is beautiful, ethical, moral teachings to teach us how to have a wonderful moral life. We go through the seasons. We're currently in season five. We're now on hiatus officially, stopping right after chapter three. But on the TTPA, Tani Talks Perkyavos, which is part of the greater, larger Tani Talks podcast, the five different shows, we go through a different commentator each season and a Mishnah per day. That is a way to lead our life in a moral, ethical, upstanding way. And we have to do whatever we can do to command ourselves to attach to whatever we feel connected to. I myself like to do things that are giving. I like to do things that are hands-on. I like to do projects and whatnot that can be giving to others. So when a, a family has a has a baby or low lane, you know, God forbid, we should know from such things they have a loss. I want to be involved in physically helping to cook for them, to give something they need. That's why we established the FLL, the Reed Landing Library in our house, to give people books, Jewish novels, which I love to read with my wife, especially on Shabbos. On that Friday night when the candles are burning, the kids are sleeping, I cannot tell you enough how much that is my favorite time of the entire week. I want to command my life in a way that I could follow to do good for others, to give to others, to be generous for others. And I'm not nearly as good as many, many, many other people out there. I try in a tiny, tiny, tiny way in my Dalit Amos, using my shows and my jobs and my abilities in whatever way with our house and our abilities to help out others. How can we command our life? We think about the commandments, the Aserat HaDibros in this Parsha, and the seven Noahide laws in general from Boratius for non-Jewish people. How could we command our lives? Are there quotes and sayings that we could learn from? From, this, from the Talmud, there are. 
especially apropos, are the ones from the Talmud itself. Agadatah is so fantastic, so fascinating. There's so many stories and parables and sayings that come up in the Talmud. One of them is, if you have a fault, be the first to say it. Baba Kama 92b points out, Menachem Posner compiled the list from Chabad.org. The effort to keep something secret can be more scandalous than the blemish itself. Honesty and forthrightness are often rewarded with acceptance and forgiveness. If you have a short fuse... You can be the first one to admit it. You have stinginess, God forbid. You can be the first one to admit it. You are all over the place, not organized. You can be the first one to admit it. If you admit something yourself, you command your life in such a way that you are privy and understand your faults, then no one else could fault you for it. If you already pointed out yourself, no one else could point it against you. You have difficulties. You have things you have to work on or anger, unresolved issues. You talk to someone, you meet with someone. I actually meet with someone every week. I'm actually very proud of that. I didn't deal with different episodes, different losses in my life growing up. And I finally have someone who I reach out to, I talk to, I vent to every week for 45 minutes. It is so helpful. I am the first to say that I have X, Y, and Z as faults. And he's there to listen to me, doesn't judge me. He's very proud of me with the progress that I've been making. We've done it a couple of months now. Hopefully we'll keep at it as long as we can. If you have a fault, be the first to say it, Baba Kama teaches us. Baba Kama also teaches us 92b. Don't throw stones into the well from which you drank. Command your life to think. Always be kind to those from whom you once benefited. Don't throw someone to the mud just because you, in your short-term memory, haven't talked to them. Always be kind to those from whom you once benefited, especially in terms of work, especially in terms of jobs, especially in terms of anything. Sell your herbs in a place where herbs grow. Competition may be fiercer than in a place where herbs are unknown, but at least there will be purchasers who understand and appreciate the benefits of your wares, and that comes from Menuchot, Menacho 85a. Sell herbs in a place where it makes sense, where they grow themselves. You have the farmer-to-market table. There's a cool farmer's market in a town nearby. One of the kosher bakeries actually sells there. We went there once. They found a good place to sell. They found a good place to do so. Make sure... Make sure in life you command your life to use your abilities, use your capabilities in places that it makes sense. Use an expensive goblet today, tomorrow let it break. Often we are so worried about what might happen that we do nothing at all. Holding on to a set of expensive cups or clothing for years but never using them, letting them sit and gather dust doesn't make any sense. You're worried they may break, you're worried you, might, you may lose them, you're worried your daughter, your son might use it one day. If they haven't used it for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10 years, they're not using it. Donate it, give it away. Sometimes it is wise and prudent to take risks, to give it away, and to do something better with it. And that comes from Bracho 28a. Mix feed for an ox, mix feed for oxen. If you're doing a favor for one person, try to include others in need of, some, of the same favor. Once a person goes to the effort and expense of feeding a single ox, to prepare for another is not nearly as big as an effort. I want to help one person to have a good Jewish novel to read on Shabbos that has good from outlooks, good from morals, good from ideas, and it's a good story while at it, and it's a mystery suspense thriller. If one person could benefit, ten people could benefit, so we establish the FLL. I keep using that as an example because it's a simple solution. Something simple we did. I'm not tooting my own horn or anything like that. We just had a whole ego lecture on Monday on the Tiny Talks life. But if there's anything you could do and one person could benefit, why not make it that the whole town could benefit? First, we started in the local shul. Then we asked the other shul to broadcast it every week. We know they're trying to send out a notice every week. Then we write it on online and, and different places, and people could benefit. If there's something you could do to help out, make sure everyone can help out. When the clothing donation comes, they don't just tell one person. They tell the whole community. So the whole community can give 
aspects of life. When we think about Yisro, he gave the judicial advice and he merited to have an entire portion written extra for him. And the commandments, the Ten Commandments were meritorious to be in his Parsha. We think about the Ten Commandments and what they stand for, what we're supposed to do as the fundamental crux of life. Following Hashem, understanding He's the only one and no one else, God forbid, understanding Shabbos, making it holy, doing what we can to have a little more menucha, whatever aspect you can. If you really, really are passionate about Navi, maybe learn a little extra Navi on Shabbos. If you are able to do your daf and your parsha, whatever, and then you're able to have some time when the candles are burning, you can read a really nice Jewish novel and that enhances your Shabbos, which it does for me. What can you do for your Shabbos to command your life? What can you do to honor your father and mother? What can you do to avoid on any level hurting someone? Being true and proper to the marital relationship only to your wife or your husband, making sure not to murder on any level. And you know, Malba Penechavero is like murder. Being someone who, if you embarrass someone in public, and that could be on a chat, that could be on a text, that could be on a WhatsApp, that could be on Facebook, it could be in life, anywhere. Don't murder anyone in any single way. Don't make their face change colors. The Talmud talks about how it's worse than death. Better to jump into a fire than to embarrass someone. Mar Ukva, the charity collector who would give out charity. The poor person wanted to know who he was. He literally jumped into a furnace with his wife so as not to embarrass the person to figure out who always gave him this charity. Tamara was about to jump into the fire rather than embarrass Yehuda in public. She found a, a clandestine way, way a, a secretive way to show Yehuda that it was him. Don't murder. Don't steal. Even a pencil from your friend you're not supposed to take without his permission. Do things in the right way. Also give proper credence, proper respect, and proper heads up and a proper kickback to anyone who teaches you anything. David Amelch and Perkeyavos calls Achitofel, who was not a great person, who really didn't stand by him the whole time. He calls him his mentor, his teacher, his friend, because he taught him two little things about going to the study hall and learning something, having Chavrus and not using the study hall as a shortcut. And he still called it that. He didn't want to even steal anything he learned from anyone else. He gave him respect even for one little thing. Don't steal a pencil. Don't steal a thought. Give proper credence and proper respect to anyone who teaches you anything. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't covet or be jealous about anything or anyone else. Hashem gives you exactly what you need. Ezehu Ashir. Hasameach Bechalko. Pirkei teaches us, God willing, we'll come to it after the hiatus in Perak Dal Mishnah Alf Ben Zoma teaches us. Who is really rich? Someone who really appreciates what he has. Hashem gives you exactly what you need. The kids you need, the kids that are meant for you, the wife that's meant for you, the husband that's meant for you, the house that's meant for you, the car that's meant for you. doesn't make sense to be jealous of the king because you're not the king. Would you really be jealous of King William II out in England? He's a totally different life than you. He's from royalty. You're not. He has a palace, but you're not. You're really jealous of him. So too in life, don't be jealous of of uh, of of Yehoshua Finkelstein Galavalavalavalavachesbin because he has ten million dollars. That's not what's meant for you. It's not what's meant for you. You think about the seven laws for the non-Jews. Even they have to be involved in things, making sure to have proper dinim, proper laws, only worshiping God, not cursing God. God forbid, having proper morality, proper. Ability not to have any bloodshed, not to have robbery, not taking limbs from the live animal, having the proper courts in life and, and in things. And when we think about those commandments, we think about the Ten Commandments from Yisra, we think about how Yisra gave a judicial system, how we could set up our own judicial system and way of thinking in life, what we could do to command our life, what we could do to bring wonderful things to the world, to bring terrific aspects to the world. Think about how Perke Elvis can lead us and can guide us and he could join us on our journey throughout our seasons where we try to learn something from every Mishnah. What kind of credos can we live by? 
There are famous sayings, do as much good as you can in all the ways you can. It doesn't come from a Jewish source, but it's an interesting quote that I see all over the Board of Ed throughout all my years. Doing as much good as we can to help people. Leaving the world more bright than we came into it. Leaving the world a better place than when we entered it. Leaving it better than we we came into it. What can we do to command our life, to command ourselves, to make a difference in the world? We only have 120 years. How much of the time is wasted? How much of the time slips away? How much of it is already gone? If you're 34, like myself, 34 years are gone. What can you say you did with your life? Hopefully a lot. If you're at the end, what did you do with your life? After 120 years, you can look back and you say, I was the best Yankel Shmerl I ever was. They asked me six questions or so in the Shemayim. Were you the best Yankel Shmerl you could have been? Did you wait for Mashiach? Did you do your business dealings properly? Did you try to have kids? Were you someone that was Kaveh Itim Torah? And they'll show you a video, really four questions. Some say there are more questions. They'll show you a video of your life. You want to make sure that you had a wonderful life, that you commanded your life in the right way. If we do so, we think about the Aser Sadiwas, we think about the Shiva Mitzvah Svin Noach, we think about different quotes from the Talmud, we think about how we could command our life doing Chesed, doing Torah, doing Mitzvahs, and making the best influence we can in our ways using our talents and our abilities even in our own Dalit almost whatever we could do the whole world will be better for it and hopefully maybe we could finally be bizochet to have mashiach come speedily in our days have the base of english come speedily in our days and may that day be today this has been the ttp where we talk about the parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep and i'm your host tani